Welcome back to the I Wish You Knew podcast. I'm Adam Lane Smith, the attachment specialist, and with me as always is Sarah Don Moore. Sarah, glad to see you again. You too, Adam. Today we are also joined by my good friend Irshad, who runs one of the number one podcasts in India. I've been so excited for this conversation. Irshad, can you please introduce yourself to the audience and tell them one thing that you wish they knew about you and your work? Absolutely. So first thing first, uh, nice to talk to you again, Adam, and nice to meet you, Sarah, as well. So my name is Silavat Irshad. I host a podcast called as The Growth Mindset with Silavat Irshad, where I interview a lot of people from different uh, industries, verticals, authors, artists, and even experts like Sarah and Adam, where they basically come and share their wisdom with me. And whereas I also learn those and share it with my listeners out of here in India. So my particular mission, I think one thing that I wish people knew is the fact that life is crazy and you know there are a lot of people i think that can help you become a better version of yourself but it's all about you first identifying which those individuals are and then staying the course with them right even though you might not be someone that you think you should be i think surrounding yourself with the right people will make you a better person because that's where i began my journey i i was i did not have any clue where i wanted to go in life but uh, my one decision of starting a podcast brought me where I am today. So I think one way, one thing I wish everyone knew is, you know, everyone is trying to figure things out. All you got to do is take that leap and start. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. So one of the things that Adam and I talk about a lot are men and women. Obviously, you can see in the background, we have some things represented here, the masculine and the feminine. So Kind of explain to us, give us a snapshot of what is happening over in your side of the world, because I think that they might, you might be struggling with some of the same things that we are over here in the West. So I'd love to hear, give us a temperature check of how masculine and feminine energies are playing out between you all. Yeah. I think here in India, uh, the situation is a little better, I would say, as compared to in the West or in the US, because uh, I interact with a lot of people uh, in the US and other parts of the countries. And I've noticed that there is a crisis today in terms of masculinity. And there are different definitions everyone is giving out there, which actually creates more and more confusion because men don't know now what they actually need to do. And I think in India, uh, that situation uh, does not exist, at least at the moment, because I don't know if you guys know, I mean, uh, in India, at least the divorce rates, right, in India in com compared to other countries is very, very low. We are one of the lowest uh, ranking country that has the lowest percentage of divorce rates. It's, it's around 1.1, right? And the interesting part in India here is that the divorce initiation process is mostly done by men unlike in US where it is pretty much initiated by women. They take charge and they basically say, you know, after hitting a threshold, they don't want to stay with a respective person. But in India, it's the other way around. I think it's also to do with the the culture that we have in India because thousands of years, we have uh, one of the most richest cultures in here. So I think one of the reasons about at least India right now, not getting into that realm where the probability of divorce rates are, let's say, more than 50 and above, or family system breaking is very less because first of all it is a very family centric environment everyone cares about each other uh, there is a huge there's still a setting of you know a large extended family staying with uh, the family members however 
since you know because of the west i also see there's a lot of change happening even in india so a lot of people are getting inspired by the west and i've noticed one other thing is that as and again I, this could be controversial but you know as i've noticed more and more women get rights with regards to and and they get more modern the more the more chances of a family falling apart and this is one of the top reasons and there are a lot of research conducted in india to kind of identify because in the last two decades the 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 divorce rates let's say in relationships in india have exceeded by 60 and 70% right that's a huge leap even though the percentage rate overall is only 1 or 2% still that's a, a a huge leap in terms of divorce rates and one of the major reasons is that women are becoming more modern and they are no longer dependent on let's say a man right and i think that's where the more women get more and more independent uh, then there comes that crisis where men say that uh, you know they typically say that they they no longer need men whereas men say that you know what at least at the end of the day men in india are more masculine compared to others because they at least are going ahead providing for the family they still have those nuclear family values uh, which i think is kind of a crisis in the us i'm not sure you guys know better but yeah that's the kind of thing that i've noticed at least in india and other parts of the countries so then tell me why you think that men are filing more for divorce then what are their reasons when you when you talk to them why would they file that's a very interesting question and and the the answer to that again i'm i'm not the greatest expert right but i've interacted with a lot of people i i've noticed one of the major reasons of men typically filing for divorce here is since they are the head of the family and you know they decide what they want to do and in here they typically get you know there is monotonous in that relationship where they feel that you know what i am not that excited in this relationship anymore right and it's also one of the saddest things in the in the indian culture indian culture because of the fact that there are a lot of women that are sometimes also kind of i would say victims to some sort of abuse phys- physical abuse that happens because again of some backward uh, mentality of few men i wouldn't say all the men but few men that kind of think that you know they are supposed to do whatever they want the wife is their property and they get physical right uh, and i think one of the reasons why men uh, here at least in india kind of file more divorce is one of these reasons right because they know this woman is not going to go anywhere and i'm now sick and tired of being in this relationship hence i need more fun hence i need something else and maybe they might actually be cheating out with some other woman right and then that's when they realize that you know what i'm not excited in this relationship anymore because she is not bringing anything to the table and women most times in this scenarios even though they might be you know actually sacrificing for the family but you know when you actually sacrifice too much you know you become a victim where someone can just walk all over you it doesn't matter how good you are they might just disrespect you and walk away. I think that's one of the reasons probably. And there are no laws that prohibit women from filing or there are no um social ramifications for that. So now there are uh initially if you had asked me let's say probably around 20 30 years ago no there was not a lot of rules. However in the last 10 or 20 years they've they've come a long way now right a lot of rules for example if a woman gets uh physically abused by her man she can actually file complaints against him and then he can actually get screwed right so right now i think the condition has improved greatly 
But yeah, there is always room for improvement, right? So it, it always goes back to that. Guys, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Rugged Legacy, because from a woman's perspective, there is nothing more annoying than kissing a guy and then walking into the restaurant looking like you just rubbed up against some sandpaper. So this will help you and this will make your woman happy. Now, you talked about something very interesting in there to me is masculinity and more of a traditional sense of masculinity. And my, my approach has always been that masculinity is more, it's not a swaggering, strong man who hurts people. That's not masculine. That's that's actually childish. He's just in a grown-up body. Masculinity is embracing your responsibility. And this is something I know that you and I align on. So if a man's responsibility is to care for others and provide stability and build, and I know that you've responded well to that because you build and, and you're careful. Do you think the world needs more masculinity in it or less masculinity? I think the the world as a whole definitely needs more masculine men. And you rightly pointed out, Adam, saying that, you know, these men that actually react and beat their women probably, right, are actually not men. In, in my terms, they are weak. They are emotional. And I think uh, as a masculine man, you are supposed to provide and protect. That's what I always say. As a masculine man, these are your two primary duties. You need to provide, you need to protect. Provide for your family members, not only for your family members. Once you're able to provide to your family members, you need to actually see how can you provide more to your neighbors than to your community. And then you keep building on based on that. That is what a true masculine person is. And at this moment where, you know, I know there are a lot of people right now in this day and age that have a different perspective altogether where they say, do you need too much masculine? Is someone too masculine? Is this toxic masculinity? I don't believe in all of that, right? Because I believe it's either masculine or it's feminine, right? Either the person is a masculine person who's always looking at providing, protecting. And a masculine person is someone who, I think it's an energy in people that are more driven. They are more passionate. They are self-sacrificing. They will do things that they think is right. Those are masculine traits, I would say. And again, it does not necessarily mean women cannot be masculine, right? These, as, I, as I mentioned, these are traits that can be held by anyone. But majority of the times, provide and protect, these are a man's primary responsibility. Mm. We used to have this term here in, in America and in, in English that we don't use anymore, right? There's masculine and there's feminine. But there's a third word that nobody talks about or uses, which is effeminate. An effeminate man, man is a man whose masculinity he has denied, he has rejected, he has abandoned his own masculinity. That's a word we don't use much anymore. Is that maybe what's going on? Are you seeing not that men are toxic in their masculinity, but they're abandoning the very concept of masculinity? Could that be what's happening? I think yes. I think uh, if you look at people have options, right? People always have choices, either to do good or to to do evil, right? So again, even in masculinity, there are two options. Either you become masculine, you embrace it, or you let it go. And I think I this is the first time I've come across that word. Uh-huh. I think that's something that I could actually use, but that's a very interesting topic. I think, yes, men are not taking their responsibilities. Uh, I, I also think this is also because of the fact that and I'm talking specifically about the, the Western culture because I interact with a lot of people in the West, is that things are so chaotic right now. There are so much, there's so much noise. And, you know, they think, why should I put in so much effort in this relationship when maybe after six months, a year, two years, three years, this woman might actually think that, you know what, this is not working out and she can walk out 
take 50% or more of your wealth and whereas this man might have worked day in day out to earn that right whereas i mean in the in the india if you compare that that kind of functionality or that kind of dynamics still not exist because again we are in the footsteps of the west if you don't uh, stop ourselves you know my my personal opinion to indians especially has always been learn from people learn what they are doing learn from that community learn from that culture what are some good things that we can actually incorporate in our lives if that makes sense if that helps you become a better person helps uh, the lives of people around you adopt it but don't adopt things that seem fancier to you following anything the west does uh, now there's crisis going on we might also come across and face the same crisis down the lane i definitely see a lot of people also getting inspired by the west and doing things like you know let's say masculinity as i mentioned masculinity is provide and protect right in india uh, now there are more and more men that say you know what masculine stay away from masculinity i'm like why are you even saying that we need masculine people otherwise you know when things will get tough who's going to come in and actually protect the people that are required and anyone who says we don't need masculinity then what do we need we, you need both the ends of the puzzle right there are always two sides of the coin heads and tails you need both you can't say i, I will i will only go with tails and heads doesn't work i mean we need to work with all with both of these now let me ask you a question because it was it's been my understanding i've spent some time overseas um i have been to your part of the world and what i saw was men were very affectionate with each other you know they were hugging they were holding hands there's a different a bit of a different cultural narrative when it comes to masculinity and what i saw and in your side of the world not in the us i would say that that would probably be demonized a little bit that you would be called you know certain things you'd be made fun of you wouldn't be accepted within your male circle and it's very interesting because i believe from a woman's perspective that you can still be extremely masculine but still be aff affectionate with your male friends. It's almost as if in the US and in the West there are there is very polarizing, it's very black and white, you know, masculinity is this, you know, hardness and you don't show emotion and you don't show affection with your guy friends. It's like this wall around you. So tell me about what is your culture think about masculinity as far as can you be affectionate? Is it shunned? Is it still accepted as the younger generations uh, kind of grow up in your in in your area of where you're at? Yeah. So I mean, for us to even understand the basic tenant of masculinity in India, right? We actually need to go back hundreds and thousands of years because that's where the culture of India, right? The kings uh, basically ruled that respective uh, villages, cities, states, right? And there was one thing. those men actually had an aura of of always doing the right things and at the same time providing for everyone around them right now you might actually say that you know, you know what this does not typically apply to uh, indians uh, what do they feel about this at this current point in time i would rather say kings at that respective point in time understood that for them to be king they had to keep their emotions aside that if you don't keep your emotions aside if you don't uh, understand that your you are responsible for a given country if you are responsible for a given state you just cannot act as a person who is not taking responsibility and it all goes back to that respective kings those respective men that kind of identified that you know what 
for us to be able to rule or provide for this community, we need to keep our emotions aside. Even though you might want something, end of the day you've recited or you've identified that this doesn't make sense. And they left those. I know in the West today, the, the culture where they say, you know, you are, you are a hard core man, you are a masculine man, you are supposed to not react, you're supposed to be stoic all the time. Uh, in India, at least that's not the culture because of obvious reasons, understanding that the Indian got their values from their different traditions, different religions that they had, right? Let's say, let's look at uh, Hinduism, right? That's a very old religion. And they basically took the values, the kings basically took their values from those respective religions, which actually incorporated that you need to provide, you need to uh, do the right things for people around you, you need to contribute worship right i mean they're always yes the the other side of that is you know you are also abusing people because then it's a dictatorship right uh, in those respective scenarios and again you'd be kind of even shocked because at that point in time men ruled right and i think there was also some level of tyranny that used to happen not only for women i would say but in general the reason being there were traditions in india which kind of indicated that if the man dies the husband dies the women will actually jump into a fire. She's no longer uh, supposed to live, right? The reason being that the man is no longer alive. So what's the purpose of her life? And women used to jump live and their, 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 their life, they used to just go ahead and run right in the middle of fire and just give themselves up. Mm. Uh, but, but, but the idea here with regards to Indian culture is there are good things. The good things are men have understood their responsibilities, their roles, and they are also surrounding themselves with men. And these, this is something that is mocked in the Western culture because they might call you gay because you're hanging out with them. Uh, if you're holding hands, they're like, why are you holding hands? I think in India, that's not the culture because they look up or men will look up to each other as brothers, right? Which means it's, it's, a, it's a group uh, of people that are uh, like a gang, right? Like protecting their neighborhood, protecting their village. So that kind of a culture exists in India. Now, yes, we are moving away from the bad portions. Like, for example, what we used to call them was a sati system, right? Where women used to jump into the fire when their husbands died. Now, obviously, that is abolished long ago. But now the good thing is, you know, women are getting more and more rights, which is very great. At the same time, men are understanding that, you know, as a true masculine man is not someone who is always stoic, who is always hard, who's always pushing his opinion on others, right? You need to, as a true masculine man, you need to open your mind, you need to listen to other people's perspective, understand who you are. If you feel like crying, cry, but don't become a crybaby, right? There's a difference between you shedding a, a few tears and understanding that, yes, uh, things went wrong. You feel that pain, or maybe you cry, and then you move on and you go on with your responsibilities because as a man, I believe your life is already tough because you need to go out, provide for your family, fight. And back in the days, right, we were fighting, again, uh, our old uh, ancestors, they were basically fighting animals. They were fighting people of other groups to protect their families. Now it's a whole different battle. Now the battle is of who provides the most materials probably to their family members, who's providing more who's bringing more food to the table who's providing more vacation so the the dynamics ha has changed but the roles of responsibilities of a man has not changed so i think if that made sense that's very helpful thank you i'm so what you're talking about is a more authentic 
human masculinity versus a character, a, a fake character of masculine where you are not real, you're made of stone, you have no heart, and no feelings. You're talking about being an authentic human being who is also masculine. Here in the West, a lot of our media portrays men more in a feminine light. And a lot of the, the male celebrities and our movies and all the media is these very feminine men, almost training men to be feminine because that's what women find non-threatening. So a lot of our media is to be non-threatening to women and then entertain them. Um, I'm thinking over in, in your region of the world, is your media enhancing that? Are you are, are they are they helping that? I think maybe of the movies of uh, maybe Shakir Khan is is he maybe a more good example of authentic masculinity, or is your media kind of like ours where it's it's going the wrong direction? Yeah. So I think a majority, a good majority of them are still in the right step they're in the right direction however there are also movements obviously here in india as well that want to take that roles and responsibilities of a man and probably give it to let's say women and they also preach that you know men should be more feminine men should mellow down a little let women come forward i'm i'm not against women coming forward as far as the women really wants to work they really want to go ahead and contribute if that's the passion by all means please go ahead and do it what i'm against is the fact that the media telling women that you need to come out of your home that's when you find freedom what if the woman just wanted to stay at home take care of the kids what if she wanted to open probably a pastry shop what if she wanted to start a business sure i mean whatever appeals to that respective person but we also need to understand that if you are putting in or you're on a, on a mass scale you are telling women to basically go ahead and come out of their homes that's when they will find freedom i mean that's a recipe for disaster because then women are and again let's look at because this is all conditioning right you, people are conditioning youth from an early age that they need to go out to make a living they need to work they need to be independent what happens when people actually become independent first of all they're buying into a, ba- a wrong notion in the first place which says that if you go out if you become independent if, if you are independent if you don't, you don't need anyone else's support you will be happy but people that are actually working i've noticed this personally even in india right there are a lot of women out here that are probably let's say 30 35 single not married and after they are 35 right it gets really difficult for women to get married the reason being first of all india is a culture right it, it's it's it still believes in those nuclear family values which means when a man is around 25 27 uh, the woman is around 20 22 they typically get married so the moment you cross that 30 range right it gets really difficult for a woman to uh, actually find a proper mate and, and if you find probably it's going to be someone who's a divorcee or someone uh, who might who might have lost his wife or, or a widower, right? And that's fine. That There's nothing wrong with it. But the idea that I want to say is women that are around, let's say, around 30, 35, they're financially and career-wise really successful. But what's happening in the personal life? They're actually not happy. And I know a couple of women telling me who were at VP positions of companies saying, you know, the only time I feel validated is when I'm in the office. When I go back home, I have nothing else to do. And that's something to actually sit and think about, like, where are you getting or buying your values from? And even in India, the media is promoting that. There are a lot of reality shows uh, that promote that, indicating uh, you know, women should own up. It's time for women to lead. Sure, if you want to lead, go ahead and lead. But let's you know, make it a fair game where both men and women are coming together. Because when we both come together is when good things happen. 
if we start fighting within each other uh there is no one's going to win both of us are going to lose there's good for no one in this fight then so let me ta- let me ask you because Modern dating, right, has been a challenge. It's a challenge here in the West. More than a challenge, it's a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> and and of course, you know, you're 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 speaking some some serious truths. I think that there are women as well over here, you know, 30, 35, 40, and whether it's their standards are too high, whether, you know, a lot of the the people that have gotten into relationships already are secure, they're happy, and then you kind of have the dating pool that's left over and you're, you're kind of weeding through <laughs> a needle in a haystack trying to find somebody who's like healthy and not traumatized from their past. Um, or, you know, or they're just, their standards are just too high. You know, people just don't want to commit and they're going into work trying to get that fulfillment. Mm. So where does modern dating stand with with your culture? Are you facing some of the th- same things that we're facing over here? Are men feeling like women's standards are too high? Why aren't people coupling up? Is feminism to blame for giving women the idea that they have too many options do you have dating apps do you meet through friends and family like what is how would you go about meeting your significant other is it still arranged marriages i know i'm throwing a bunch of questions at you but just kind of overall to sum it up what is modern dating like for you yeah i mean uh, in india right especially modern dating is definitely picking up right i mean and i think this is all because of the social media and the kind of world of opportunities this has opened, right? I mean, obviously, there are a lot of dating apps here in India. There's Tinder, there is Bumble. Uh, there are so many dating apps and people are definitely using it. Uh, majority of the people that are actually using it are in the urban areas, right? That are in the cities. Uh, and again, let's understand, in cities, there are not a good majority of crowd, right? Or the population still exists in rural areas in, in India, right? Which means there are still people that are not at all aware of any apps like Tinder, Bumble or even going to Instagram and finding someone to date or or let's say the entire hookup culture. But in the cities, at least in India, that is still picking up and it is picking up at a very rapid pace. Right. I know a lot of people, at least I would say anyone who is 16, 17, 18 between and anyone between, let's say, 16 to I would say 24, 25, almost will have potentially dating apps on their phones. And uh, they're always on the phone to kind of go ahead and meet new people. Uh, we are, I would say, following the West in a lot of ways. Uh, and also a modern dating is one of them. And it is a disaster because that creates a lot of, uh, first of all, it creates a lot of options for women, right? Women, it's, it's easier for women to find men as compared to uh, boys or men to find women because obviously women bring, in by default, if a woman is pretty, everyone's running behind her. But on the man, it's difficult because you need to bring something to the table. Either you need to have good looks, your communication skills, either you need to have financial, you need to be financially strong, you need to have some material things that you can potentially show. If that's not there, uh, then the, the chances of you getting a woman is, is very rare. And also let's understand, it's in India, right? The men that actually get most women are probably top one or two percent. <laughs> most of the other <laughs> are still struggling. Uh, to basically find a significant other, obviously because of the high standards. Even uh, again, I'll be I'll be very upfront and honest. I, I don't want to body shame or I don't want to say uh, this or that. But a woman, let's say, or or a girl who's probably a five-ish range, right? Someone who's not exercising is probably just sitting at home. 
basically wants a guy who's 10, working out every single day, has a six pack, is financially strong. I mean, yes, you can expect, but what are you bringing in return? Right. And that's also uh, a kind of mentality in India that we we are getting a lot of inspiration from them following that. But there are a lot of repercussions of doing this, right? Because West knows it. The hookup culture, uh, the fast dating, and all of this is already being deployed here even in India because, I don't know, there is some... The intimate connection, I believe, with that people have with the West. They, they try to copy the West without realizing the implications it can have. And yes, the modern-day feminism also has is also playing a huge role in all of this. The reason being, there are a lot of women even out here right now in India that are proactively promoting uh, feminism and feminism is fine as far as you're you're kind of indicating that you know we are fighting for your rights you should have the rights to work yes those kind of things make sense equal opportunities make sense but if you are going ahead and telling that you know men have been uh, terrorizing women for decades that is the kind of feminism i am against right because that's not true my dad I, I'm born in a family. My dad never terrorized my, my mother, right? She's happy. She has four kids, including me five, and she's happy. So anyone who general, makes these generalized statements stating, you know, we need more feminists, we need more feminism, uh, actually don't really... First of all, I believe this, is, this has to do more with the culture they're probably brought up in. Maybe they did not have the right figures to look up in their respective family. Probably that's one of the reasons. The second reason could be maybe they're brainwashed by this modern media. And we need to really understand, okay, what is that modern media trying to portray or give to us? If those values are not adding up and not making our lives better, I think we should stay away from those kind of values. And yes, India is definitely in the West. Now, that's funny because when you gave the age ranges from 16 to 24, here in the United States, that's what we call Generation Z, where they are growing up. They're the first native digital generation. They, they didn't grow up like us, where it was, you know, gradual technology increases and then the internet. Everything has been internet for them. A lot of them, they were raised by tablets and their parents were both at work. They had a nanny or they had daycare and they just stared at a tablet all day long. All they know is technology. All they know is dopamine. They they haven't been trained to understand how those, those machines change your dopamine receptors in your brain, how it floods you, gets you addicted. And, and it sounds like many of our Generation Z people on both sides then of the world are experiencing the same difficulty. The All of the women heading for that top 1% of men. Here in the United States, our Generation Z, uh, we show that 60% of the men are single. 60% of Generation Z men are single, cannot get a girlfriend. 30% of women in Gen Z are single. So 70% of them are in relationships with those 40% of men. And, and do the math. Some of them, yes, they're paired up, singles, but a lot of those women are clustering up to the top. So here in the United States, we have something called a situationship rather than a relationship where the woman, maybe the guy has multiple girls and she's hoping that he will eventually pick her. So she competes, almost like a game show, to try to be the most interesting woman, the one who argues the least, the one who is best in the bedroom, the one who never says no and has boundaries or, or problems or needs. And so all of these women are desperately trying to get the top levels of men that they would consider top level men, right, on their side and to pick them. And that is, it sounds like it, that is infecting both their cultures on both sides. And that's growing for you. Sarah, you're the woman here in this room. Mm -hmm. um, 
Gen Z in America, Gen Z in India, women, maybe we've been talking about, right, the influence of feminism and, and the difference between the sort of feminism that creates safety and, and the ability for women to leave their home, right? That's one thing. The other feminism of you don't need men, you will be miserable in a home, you will be, it is the worst thing in the world to be a mother, you will only find fulfillment in a corporation, corporations will take care of you, right? Can you maybe speak a little bit to to the women in India, maybe the young women mm. who are going down that path and are following a path that women here in America have followed for many, many decades? Yeah, is there for anything sure, you might want to share? Sure. So, Rashad, what I would say to that is, unfortunately, sometimes you have to learn the hard way. And as a woman, you know, who is in her late 30s, I will say the idea that going to a corporation is going to be empowering. Right. The, the idea that women are thinking that if I have a boss who's a man and he's telling me what to do, whether it's Excel spreadsheets, whether it's PowerPoints, whether it's meetings. I mean, I was in meetings for years, uh, very stressful, high stress. There's something that happens with us women where we don't connect the two. We think, okay, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Like I'm in this corporation. At least I'm making my coin. At least I'm, I am having this growing, this self-confidence. And like you said, getting that validation from work, but we forget that it's still a man controlling us. Please we just, forget yeah. that it's still a man telling us what to do, that we're still competing with a man for power versus within that, within the home, there needs to be more education when it comes to as a woman and, a, and as a woman in the society that, that is dealing with this as a millennial woman, unfortunately, what we believe and what is told to us is that if we are subservient to a family, if we are subservient to a, a children, if we are subservient to a man telling us or, or trying to protect us and provide for us in the home, that that is control, yeah. that you don't, that you are losing your power as a woman. And so I think that's where we have to do a, a better job in us women educating Gen Z women, us elder women, because it's, it's not going to the reason why my platform became so big so quickly is because I was saying things that men would like to say, but they would be canceled for. So, of course, you know, I was canceled by some other women by the things that I had to say, but it, it really came from a place of good of trying to share some wisdom as in ladies there is no difference you choose your fate right you either go to work for a corporation and you clock in and clock out but at the end of the day what do you have to show for it stuff experiences a fancy car a nice designer bag that that doesn't bring you any type of peace or any type of joy at the end of the day. But talking to mothers and talking to women who have mm. a relationship with a stable man whom is a leader in their home, they actually feel so protected and so contained and mm. so much more at peace. And I, I feel like the end of the, you know, to bring it all back home is it's too black and white. You can have everything as a woman, but you have to decide, I guess, who, what beast do you want to serve? But at the end of the day, I think that um, 
there can be balance. You can go to work, you can have a job, but you also don't have to compete with a man. You also can come home and be very feminine and want to contribute if you want to. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be and or, right? It is, it can encompass the whole family system. You, you can bring it all together. I don't know, Adam, what do you think? As a married man with a wife and four kids, number five is on the way. My wife, I look at her and she's so happy. She's so happy. She ran a business, right? Before we had kids, she ran her own business. And I remember how frantic she was and stressed out. And and it's not that she like quit because she couldn't do it. She was good at it, but she's so happy mm-hmm. now as a mother. And I'm not saying every woman on earth, right? It's not like, you know, force them to be moms. But the messaging here in the West is that motherhood is the stupidest worst thing a woman can do because it's so unfulfilling and so awful and so powerless. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that. I think that there's immense power. I'd love to hear, Rashad, what is, what is the view of motherhood over there? What is motherhood like over there and how is it viewed? Is it, is it awful and stupid and, and just nothing but misery or is it, is it still something important over there? I think what, what Adam, both you and Sarah, you mentioned, right? Those are very critical aspects with regards to women actually making sure that she can work at the same time, come home, right? It's not, and it's not, or either you pick this or you pick that. You can actually combine it. Yes, there's going to be work, but then if you really want it, you can make it work. And Adam, to your point with regards to uh, men, right? You, you, you seeing your wife. And again, we, we understand that, right? People think that working, uh, a woman working is, is a great thing. But let's ask the women, are they actually enjoying? Go and ask men, are they enjoying their work? 95% of the people are not happy with the work they are doing, but why are they going to jobs? So that they could provide to the family. It's not that they are excited as soon as they wake up, oh, wow, I'm going to go to a nine, and f- 9 to 5 job. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to sit in front of the computer, work, work, work. They don't like it. But the only reason they are doing it is for their families to provide. And in India, and that's a very interesting and a very important question you guys have asked, right? How do we look at womanhood uh, and mothers especially? In India, they are very, very respected. And that's why I said in in India, right, the culture itself is a very warm culture where kids or let's say husband and a wife, right, if their parents are still alive, they oftentimes still stay with them. However, in the West, that's not the culture, right? As, As far as you're 18, you're out, you're independent, you can do whatever you want. But in India... A womanhood is is considered like you know in in Hinduism they are also called them they also call that as like one of the one of the virtues or one of the signs of God right she is a god she is a goddess because she's actually uh, bring you know raising those kids and and let's let's be real raising kids is one of the most hardest job on the planet you are working twenty four by seven you are waking up in the middle of the night cooking for a family, providing for a family. As soon as the man comes, you're still, it is a job. And I, and I would say, I would basically argue that it's one of the toughest jobs women do. Not only are they providing and helping men, because end of the day, what do men want? Men want when they come back home, they have a smiling and a happy wife and, and kids that are that are playing around. That is what actually brings happiness to a man. At the same time, when a woman makes that kind of environment for for men they will even though they might hate their jobs they'll still go out and work because at the end of the day they're happy that you know their family is taken care of and motherhood in india is 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 something which is celebrated is something which is which is at its core and and people value 
women a lot i mean though people might say otherwise but mothers are actually valued a lot in india uh, in our culture because from day one that's how they have been raised right they have always given a lot of priority to uh, women and even most of our religions let's say hinduism let's say islam right we all say that that you will find the heaven behind or in you no know, below your mother's feet that's where god places heaven right Be- right below your uh, mother's feet and, and that's great in itself when you actually understand the importance of of mothers um yeah i think that that's what at least india uh, is amazing and i think this is something that india should continue to do uh, and, and not get inspired by the west where after 16 or 18 you're independent now part of being a good partner is taking care of yourself so that the other person doesn't have to and rugged legacy grooming supply will help you take care of yourself and look your best in your relationships i think though where it gets complicated is that in the in the west especially in america women they don't necessarily have a choice things are very expensive and going to work and contributing to a household is not necessarily something that a woman can just say that i'm going to stay home and just actively raise kids or i'm going to stay home and be a taken care of woman i mean i think that there's a lot of women that would like that but at the same time there's a lot of men who who simply cannot provide that because life is so expensive in certain cities so again it goes back to okay if a woman does have to work and does have to clock in and clock out and how can she create happiness with her within herself maybe it's a part-time job maybe maybe a, there's a way for a man to help her as she walks in the door to relieve some of that masculine energy to relieve some of that stress that she feels um and the balance can be brought back to the household even if a woman is working i i personally just know that in cities like san francisco california houston i mean new york you cannot not afford to work so again it's all about this balance it's unfortunately i will say that some men over here in the states wanted to go back to the 1950s and i hate to burst your bubble that from a woman's perspective that's going to not happen and that is impossible and and i i have to recall some of our mothers and some of the studies that i've seen from the 1950s i worked for a very large pharmaceutical company in my past before i got into this and there were many women that were addicted to different types of drugs because they weren't happy within the home they weren't necessarily happy being mothers because they got into motherhood uh because they felt uh, uh pressure from other women so within the within the women's circles there's women that are saying also it's it's not okay to be a mom but if you are a mom it's okay but it's not okay to not want kids i mean i'll 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 ponder upon an instagram where a woman is child free that's the name of her instagram is child free traveler and the amount of shame and and criticism that she gets for a life choice that potentially her and her spouse made is is sad and it makes me wonder it makes me wonder a little bit if there are parents out there why would why would you take the effort why would you even say anything to someone who has made a life decision that's been good for them it makes me question 
if they are really happy with their life choices that they have made. So I think we just need to have support for whatever your individual choice is. Let, let's support it. Let's make it happen. But then let's also not demonize other choices. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'd like to add to your point here, Sarah, right? Where you indicated that, you know, the standard of living is too high and women have to go and work. I particularly think that is where we need to put ownership on men uh, and tell them that, you know, the idea of men is to provide. I mean, yes, things can get tough, but things get tougher. You need to become as tough as you can, right? Tom, competition has always been there. It's all about, you know, as a man, your job is to see, okay, what can you do? How can you get creative? What can you do? Maybe start a part-time, uh, a part, a side-time hustle. Figure out ways which, wherein, you know, you don't have to see going out to work f- because probably you have passion that's a separate thing yes by all means but a woman actually going out of the house so that she could support you i would probably blame the man because bl- this man respectively had to provide so if someone a man is not providing that's uh, a, ba- a bad issue it's a, it's a problem with the man he needs to own up he needs to maybe work 18 hours a day who cares your job as a man is to work, not make your woman come out and support. Your job is to provide and protect and her her job is at least in a way to ensure that she's able to do what she actually wants to do. And and one other point of view I want to ask, and maybe Sarah, you can point at this or Adam, even you can, right? I want to understand from, from your guys' perspective because it's very critical for people in India, right? Especially the women. Uh, so what do you think is the major drawback or the problem that the West is facing and why feminism is, I would not say feminism, I would say modern day feminism is bad. Here in the West, what a lot of people don't realize is that original feminism, yes, the message was freedom to choose, freedom to work, things that most people could support, right? Freedom from these things. What a lot of people don't realize is that those movements over here were often pushed by large institutions that wanted to increase their profits. They wanted to be able to push every household to have two incomes and then cycle that income, both incomes back into the system. It was designed to create a two income household. Uh, Our purchasing power. Now, it's not just inflation in America has gotten worse. It's that our actual purchasing power, even if you account for inflammation, uh, inflation has gone drastically down. So women were sold the ideal of you will have freedom to choose. And then once they marched into the right, you get the the horse to walk into the barn and then you lock the doors behind the horse and say, nope, you don't actually have any choice. You must work and your other choices will now be taken away from you. So here in the West, for example, childlessness, right? Childlessness. Is it a valid choice? Yeah, it definitely is. But only about 10% of women who don't have children here in the West didn't want children. Mm -hmm. They've actually found that 90% of women who don't have children actually wanted them. It just never happened. They kept imagining it would happen. And they're actually disappointed now that it didn't. So yeah, 10% of women, 100%. They made a choice that unified with their vision. We should not demonize them for that. But the inability to have children, right? Feminism in America turned out to be a lie. You can have it all. No, you must work. You will not, your life quality will improve. No, it will deep, it will, it will go down. Mm-hmm. You will now live alone in an apartment instead of a house. And there will be a man who tells you what to do. 
and then provides for you, but he won't love you. He just works at a corporation. And the moment your productivity goes down, he dumps you and divorces you by firing you. Mm -hmm. There is such little security for women now. They were robbed and they were lied to. And a lot of women are starting to wake up to that fact. Yeah, but we also didn't have bank accounts until 30 years ago. So I think that we've kind of overcorrected a little bit, but also it did need to happen. There were rights that women should have been given. So, so it's like if we're one polar opposite, if we have one extreme, now we're at the other end of it. Um, I think my problem with feminism is that it inherently promotes competition versus cooperation. Mm that there is a pinning of, I have to put men down in order to uplift women. That inherently is always going to cause a war because now we have it. We have the war between the sexes. You cannot be successful at the same time that I am successful. What makes me sad is that the reputation of a man can be destroyed by a rumor and we have all these women rallying around and no one really knows if that's true. No one really knows what really happened. We're seeing these women come forward with these actors 10, 15 years ago. And, and how do we even know that that even happened? So there's this, oh, and also um, secondly, thirdly, is that it puts women in a victim role that this man that that men robbed us of our that are our inherent worth and that they are to blame but really femininity and if you talk to any man who's been in a relationship for a long time he will say that man he'll do anything for his wife like she can she will she has him wrapped around his finger mm. right and but we've traded places now we think and now we've been told that you know control and power and having your bag and all of these things will will give you more power than a man but really femininity is very powerful if you use it for good if you use it so that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to sharing with women that, you know, you want to, I don't I know this is going to be controversial, but you want to learn how to control a man, learn about femininity mm-hmm. and you will have him wrapped around your finger. You will have, you will inspire him to be the best version of, of himself that he would be as far as going to work more and, giving him that positive reinforcement and taking away those video games and saying, babe, I, I need you to be better for me and I need you to be better for us. But right now I think that, you know, we're, we're not taught, Ishad. Women are not taught how to treat a man because we believe that, you know, the, the, the P, the thing between our legs is the power. That's all that we have and men should just bow to that. Um, when I was getting into this work myself and going through my own journey, I Googled, right? Like books on men. Like I need to understand men because I, I, I wasn't quite sure there were things that were happening that I'm like, okay, men, you all say that you're simple, but you're a little bit more complex than you think as far as how you think, you know, what you would like out of a woman. There were probably two or three books 
that I found, one by Shanti Smith, that uh, is, a, is a psychologist that says, you know, what 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 does a man want? I can't remember, recall the title. Maybe three books, Shanti Feldman, you know, What Men Want. Three books about men and about what they value in relationships. Now, I dare you to Google, what do women want? And it's, do, 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 there's, hundreds of books, hundreds of titles, because men are salivating for to try and understand women because they're a little bit more complicated. That is my goal. That is my goal to change that. And I think there are many women who are starting to, sh to, to reach out and to have that conversation with other women that, ladies, if we want husbands, if we want a good man, we have to learn how to inspire him through grace and through forgiveness and through femininity. Interesting. I really like your answer specifically around what men want, right? And you as a woman, Sarah, I want to specifically ask you this because I know a lot of women might be listening to us. Uh, what do actually men want? <laughs> Tell us some, some top. I think that men want support. They want loyalty. They want a best friend that they also subsequently want to sleep with. <laughs> they want peace and they want to feel free to be themselves without judgment. Now, of course, women want that as well. I would say women want a little bit more safety, but the peace that men require is kind of that mother, that, that mother, that mothering, that nurturing, that I'm proud of you. You're going to be okay. I have your back. But I also, I'm going to um, show you the best time of your life tonight. <laughs> I think if a man got those things, like basically respect, appreciation, and a woman who is in tune with her body and able to share how to make, you know, how to make her happy in those times, out of all the three books that are out there that I read, <laughs> I think that would sum it up kind of in three parts. What do you think about that? What did I miss? No, I think you you covered some really interesting pointers, right? Because, uh, yeah, as a man, what does a man want? Right at the end of the day, he wants to come home. Because as a man, I know what I want in a woman, right? I want in a woman. As soon as I come back home, I don't want to have another fight. I've already fought enough for the day. I was out. I was fighting with multiple people so that I could provide. But now, as soon as I come home, I don't want to have another battle just because I'm a man and you're a woman, right? I want a, a woman to say, you know what? Come, you fought, I'll feed you now. Eat, sleep, what else do you want, right? Close the door. She gets all those hanky-panky and all of that <laughs> stuff you want to do, amazing, right? That was <laughs> makes it fun. <laughs> that, was, that is what, as a man, end of the day, I'll be like, okay, you know what? She gives me peace. At, at least at the end of the day, when I'm coming to her, I'm happy, right? And, and Adam, to your, to, to, and this is a question to you, right? Because I know I've asked... Sarah, about what are some things that men want? But I want to ask you now, what do you think, what are some things women want from a man? Women want safety from men. And that's the biggest challenge here in the West is that women don't believe they can ever be safe with a man because they don't trust men. They've been raised not to trust men here in the West for generations, that men are going to destroy them, that men are going to hurt them, that men, in fact, enjoy hurting them. The the idea here in the West is that every man in history has always enjoyed beating his wife and only until feminism saved them did men finally learn that they were evil. And women want safety. 
in every capacity. That means being open with them, giving them information. I know, Sherry, you've been very good about saying women, information makes women feel safe. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Connection with a man makes them feel safe because she can't be replaced by a 12, a, a, you know, 12 out of 10 on the chart, a bombshell, as we say. She can't be replaced by a young woman who's 19 years old. Even when she's 45, if she has connection with a man, then she's more stable and safe than ever because she's connected and their bond is what keeps her safe. Women want safety in every way. And once they are safe, then they want to be valuable to the people that they love. Women want to be loved and to be valuable to the people that they love. And when women have that, that's feminine power. That's ultimate power, really. That's the power that moves the world and grows the world. And we cannot live without it. And I've been biting my tongue over here because I want to say one more thing. I would say when a woman feels that, when a woman feels that masculine presence, then a woman wants romance. A woman wants to be told, God, you're beautiful. God, I want to just, I want to ravage you tomorrow. <laughs> I want to, I want to do naughty things to you. I mean, a woman, when she gets that, then she wants to feel also, if she's really in tune with herself, she wants to feel sexually satisfied. She wants to feel as though you are the man of the house and she, she respects that. And I tell you, give her, if you give her that, I'm sure you have, you have five kids. So you know what I'm talking about, Adam. <laughs> so I think if you give, if you give women that and the, and that romance, you will have a loyal woman for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Ashad, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I, it's been an honor to have you on. Can you please tell the wonderful people at home? where they can find you and what projects you're working on that you'd love them to know about. Sure. So people that might want to look at my content or want to know more about me, uh, you can find me on multiple platforms. You can find me on Instagram, you can find me on my website, www.salavatrishad.com. And I'm, I only have one single project at this given point. I mean, that's to grow myself personally in all the areas of my life, spiritually, financially, health, mental, all of this space and at the same time inspire people to do the same. I mean, the only time I think all of us can actually make this world a better place is first when we fix ourselves and constantly working on ourselves. And let's spread a positive message of men and women are basically they are different people, right? We are not equals. All Both of them are different. You can't compare a lion, let's say, with... I would not say lion because then people would say lion. Do you mean a man is a lion? I wouldn't say a lion also. I would say possibly, let's say a rhino with an elephant, right? Both of them are different. They are good in their own things. So as a man and woman, I think we need to actually understand that when both of us come together, we find common grounds and we identify what makes us strong as a couple, as a relation, uh, as a people in that relationship. I think that's what will make families better because if you're able to fix things at its core, right, in families, then we are going to have better kids. We are going to give them right values. Then those kids will actually be fixed kids. They are not going to go ahead or maybe get brainwashed by people. They will be able to instill to their kids and they'll be able to have a better positive impact. So my message is to first grow myself in all of these areas and at the same time help people, talk to people like you, learn myself, share this message, and let's make this world a better place. And that 
is the exact message we need. Thank you so much. All of your contacts will be available in the show notes or on YouTube. If you're looking there, it's in the description below. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've been so honored to have you here. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Take care. So that was an amazing conversation. Adam, where can they find you? So I am Adam Lane Smith, the attachment specialist. You will find me on adamlanesmith.com with my course, the attachment bootcamp, with my coaching, with all of my products to help you build amazing relationships there. I'm also on Instagram and YouTube as at attachment Adam and everything you need to know is there. What about you, Sarah? Well, they can find me at sarahdonmore.com and on all platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram as Sarah Don Moore. I also offer a course called Mastering Modern Love, which really focuses on the male and female dynamics and how to really speak to each other using feminine and masculine energy, as well as my coaching at sarahdonmore.com. And you can find all of that in the description. One more reminder that our sponsor for this show has been Rugged Legacy Grooming Supply. If you want to look amazing, amazing and masculine, make sure you pick yours up. And this has been the I Wish You Knew podcast. We'll see you in the next one.